0: It's the 20th of January, 2015, and this is episode 180. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only. What cryptocurrency enables is new, empowering, and exciting, but we're not experts. Just obsessed companions walking the road towards a more peer-to-peer future. Welcome to Let's Talk Bitcoin, a twice-weekly show about the ideas, people, and projects building the new digital economy and the future of money. My name is Adam B. Levine, and today we've got a long one. LTB correspondent Matt Zipkin caught up yesterday with two developers up to their eyeballs in NXT. We join them now.
1: Hey, it's Matthew Zipkin for Let's Talk Bitcoin, and today on the show, I'm joined by Lior Yaffe and Alexander Chepwinoi. These guys are two of the lead core developers for the NEXT blockchain cryptocurrency ecosystem. How's it going, guys? We're good. Why don't we start off just by talking about the general fundamentals of NEXT? What is it that makes it unique from Bitcoin and the other altcoin blockchains that are out there?
2: It's a proof of system distributed consensus algo. Also, we have a lot of features built into the core, like Est exchange and monetary system, LER, just made recently and now we have it in production and voting uh, system on the way and the ls system
1: okay so it sounds like the interesting thing about next is that it's not just a coin that there's more you can do with it than just send transactions and blocks yeah
3: we are calling it economy platform what's unique about next compared to bitcoin and most of the other altcoins? But this is not a Bitcoin clone. It's a completely separate code base developed uh, in Java. And there are many concepts which are different than the blockchain and its clones. Like, for example, what we call the brain wallet. But there is no actual wallet. And the only thing that you need is a strong passphrase. Other thing is, of course, the proof of uh, stake and the forging system. Unlike the Bitcoin mining. That's pretty cool. Let's actually take a step back and talk about those
1: two things, first of all, because I think it's really interesting that all the accounts on the next system are essentially brain wallets. So how does that work? For example, a a single user wouldn't have multiple addresses in their wallet. They just have one brain wallet passphrase that unlocks their entire account.
3: Actually, if you think about Bitcoin that keeps its balances using the UTXO system, the unspent output, NXT does not work this way. NXT, each account is really account, like a bank account, it has a balance, and you can have more than one account, but each one is identified by your passphrase. There is an account address based on your passphrase, but unlike Bitcoin addresses which are cheap to create, in NXT, account is an important entity, and it actually sums up all the balances of your transactions. In Bitcoin, we have
1: so many problems with brain wallets being unsafe because they're easy to just mine and people can guess a brain wallet. How do you guys work around that in Next?
3: The recommendation is to have the passphrase should be something like 30 characters long. If you lose your passphrase or your password is being stolen, then anyone can get your phones. Only one thing to remember and you have to make sure not to lose it. And the passphrase gets hashed or something into
1: the private key, which is the controller of your account? Yes.
3: The passphrase is basically what makes your private key and public key. And your uh, account address is based on your public key. In this respect is somewhat like Bitcoin. There, there is also some checksum on the addresses, like in Bitcoin, so that you cannot send to some wrong address by mistake. So, mainly what you do is when you start a session, you enter your passphrase, enter the system, and then you use your account address or other addresses to transfer funds between accounts. That's, of course, the most basic use. And you use
2: your passphrase for each transaction. So It's not possible to get into other person's laptop and spend his money. You need to enter your passphrase for each transaction.
3: You enter your password but it's not sent to the network with each transaction we can do local signing what's called do you recommend
1: the passphrase be 30 random characters that would be something that's hard to remember so are, are people keeping it in like a paper wallet they type in every time how do you recommend people store their 30 character passphrase
3: i imagine that most people are using password managers because if you use a weak passphrase or something that is based on known lyrics or something like this, your fonts will be stolen uh, almost instantly.
2: I recommend to use, for example, uh, 200 characters' password and just throw a part of it in one place and uh, one part in another. And maybe it's better to encrypt both parts as well. And,
3: and, and of course it depends. If you have only a few NXT, don't bother. But if you have millions... Yeah, it depends.
1: So I guess my next question then, if everybody has one account, are there privacy issues with that,
3: privacy concerns? Each passphrase maps to one account. You can have multiple passphrases to manage multiple accounts. I think with respect to privacy, we have the same challenges like in Bitcoin. All the transactions are registered in the blockchain. And so with each transaction, you lose a bit of anonymity.
1: I see. So the next thing you mentioned that makes Next different from Bitcoin is the mining algorithm, which is called forging. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? So it's proof of stake. How does that work? How often are the blocks generated and who gets to generate them?
3: In simpler words, we have one billion NXT in circulation. If you have a million NXT in your account, your chance of forging the next block is one in a thousand. You have 1,000, and your chance is one in a million. And by forging, you are actually confirming the transactions in the block, and you are rewarded by the transaction fees of the block. Another thing that you ask is a block time, which is on average to be a one minute. In practice, or kind of reasons, it's around eight seconds. Let me make sure I understand. So there's 1 billion NXT and
1: all these tokens have already exist since the Genesis block? It exists since
3: the Genesis block in November 2013.
1: So this is really interesting because I don't know how many other altcoins are already in the transaction fee only phase of their blockchain. So all the coins are already out there. And when you successfully forge block, there's no mining reward. What you earn is the transaction fee. So if there's no transactions, you
3: could forge a block and receive zero reward. Exactly. On the other hand, you don't need to invest energy in mining. Forging a block is something almost trivial for modern computer systems. So the, actually, the forging nodes are so light that some of them even run on a Raspberry Pi gadget Not that difficult to run an NXT node compared to a Bitcoin node or, of course, compared to mining. So forging is very lightweight uh, algorithm. So you got the electric car of blockchain algorithms. It's much more uh, energy efficient than uh, mine compared to mining. Yeah, it's it's a green algorithm, not uh, wasting
1: resources. What is the random element that prevents the highest account balance from generating every block?
2: The seed of random number generator is in previous block. So next random value is depends on previous block. It's like the chain of random numbers uh, through the blockchain. I also have uh, articles about that algorithm described in details in my block.
3: I would say that it's like an equal competition, but when your chances of winning depends on your account balance. So it's like your chance of winning the next, of forging the next block is proportional to the stake you have in the total NXT. Okay, so we have a random number, which is generated by a hash of the previous block,
1: and we have the account balance of all the accounts. And then what's the factor that maintains your 60 second interval?
2: Not exactly 60 seconds. That's average number. So sometimes we have a block just 10 seconds after previous one. Sometimes we have 10 minutes delay, but in total, yeah, that's about one minute and a half. So what's the process that causes that delay as opposed to
1: just every second there's a block and then people can start creating the next block?
3: It's quite similar to how the difficulty target of Bitcoin is adjusted every two weeks to maintain 10 minutes interval. If blocks were found quickly, then it becomes more difficult to find a block. The target number that your account need to reach becomes higher. And this way it controls the difficulty of the algorithm. If I found a block in 30 seconds then the next block is expected to take two minutes. But since it's random, it may take one minute and may take three minutes. If it took three minutes, the next is expected to be a minute and a half. So on average, it tries to maintain a one-minute
1: block time. If I have the right balance and the right random number comes up from the previous block hash, what's preventing me from just generating a block instantly instead of waiting for that two minutes?
3: You can generate the next block immediately, but the other nodes won't confirm the block that you generate. They will reject it because you won't be able to achieve consensus if you break the rules about exactly when you are able to forge the next block.
2: Numbers are not truly random, but pseudo-random they could be checked by other nodes so you can generate a block but it it will be rejected
3: based on the previous block a sha-256 number is generated based on this number and properties of the forging account that's what determines your chance to forge the next block so it's different for each forging account because each forging account merged with a previous block together into a hash, will get a different hash number, and this number needs to be lower than a target in order for you to forge. So the
1: other thing that this offers for the network is that everybody kind of knows which agent could, could generate the next block.
3: Yes, and and we actually even have some websites that show you who is expected to forge the next block, but sometimes forgers miss their turn because they are offline, or just they don't want to forge, so you can actually see who is the next candidate and how many seconds to the next block. It's much more predictable than mining, in this respect. That's really
1: interesting, because then if you know who has the highest probability of generating the next block, you could focus all your transaction messages directly to them.
3: Exactly even more we, we
2: have such a feature proposed by a guy around nxt it's not core developer but community member he works on so-called instant transactions but i don't know about the status and about the proposal in details but yeah you, you can send transactions to next folder uh,
3: moreover going forward the plan is to implement what is called transparent forging transparent forging means That the account, that the node that is going to forge the next block, known in advance, the users can actually send their transactions directly to this node. And this way make the network much more efficient. It has also some properties that protect the network against percent attack. In NXT, the 50% attack is done using 50% stake. But once you have transparent forging, it's much more difficult to create a competitive blockchain. 50%
2: of stake, uh, usually much expensive than 50% of work. Because you'd have to purchase all those NXT. Yeah, and it's pretty meaningless to attack a coin uh, you put such a crazy amount of money
1: into. Is the transparent forging algorithm, is that a risk to centralization? How do you guys see that?
2: Uh, Not really. I, I think that's not about centralization. The question is how to implement transparent forging. We have a lot of debates around in the NXT community about transport forging. But even if we know next forger with a 100% probability, that doesn't mean centralization.
1: And of all the NXT accounts, which account has the highest percentage? How close are you to 50%?
3: I'm not sure. I think the highest single account is about 50 million. So it's about 5% right now. But of course, you don't know the identity of all the owners, so it's really something we cannot tell at the moment. And is there a way for forgers to pool their resources and compete in larger groups? Yes. Yes. There is a feature known as account leasing. It serves several purposes. One is you can have a forging pool when one pool operator is doing the forging and you lease your balance. this account and this way this account accumulates the balance and later distributes the gains but unlike bitcoin mining it doesn't provide a very large benefit to centralize the forging i'm not sure if in practice if someone is doing it nowadays or not to lease your balance
1: to another account you send a message over the network it's not like in bitcoin where it's kind of done outside the blockchain In in next if you want to lease your forging
3: in the blockchain In, in next everything is in the blockchain, there is a leasing transaction type. Also very good, let's say you have 50 million NXT in your disposal and you don't want to expose your passphrase. So what you do using offline signing, you can sign a leasing transaction, send it to some other account, which does not have a big balance, and this account now performs forging for you, so you don't have to expose your uh, passphrase. So, it's, so leasing is also kind of security mechanism.
2: In yeah. NXT we have everything in the blockchain, so the network is easier to ice. If a forging pool finds a block, are the rewards
1: from that block automatically distributed also in the blockchain, or is it the lease holders? responsibility to distribute it back to the lessee. No automatical distribution.
3: So it's, again, it's not automatic. You depend on the on owner of the leasing account, of the lessee. Even more, we have uh, charity
2: hubs, for example, so you can lease uh, your fortune uh, balance for charity. If you lease
1: your NXT to another account, that money is locked. You can't spend it.
2: Uh, you have to unlease it first, something like that? Uh, no. Oh, you, you can spend your money immediately.
3: But the leasing balance is constantly updated with each block. So the le- leasing account, its forging balance is adjusted with each block. So Your money is not locked when you lease it. You can still use it.
1: So what else can you do with Next besides just send money to somebody?
3: There are quite a few features already built into the Next blockchain using transaction types the most basic which was released almost together w- with the protocol is uh, aliases this is kind of name coin or uh, allocating dns names just allocating unique strings that you need from some reason then there is an option to send uh, messages over the protocol including encrypted messages which are encrypted using elliptic curve encryption So when you broadcast a message
1: to a user, obviously that goes in the blockchain. Anybody can read it unless it's encrypted. And is that encryption based on the user's account number, based on their public key?
3: Yes, of course. You encrypt using the receiver public key and the receiver needs the private key in order to open the message and it's all based on elliptic curve encryption so it's it's pretty strong uh,
1: encryption okay so i'm no genius about cryptography but i thought elliptic curve was just a signing algorithm how are you using that to actually encrypt and decrypt messages
3: i must admit i'm not an expert in this area I have uh, an API encrypt and an API decrypt and I call them with the parameters. <laughs> so Okay, all right. It works. <laughs> yeah, <and> they work. <laughs> So these are the two building blocks. On top of that, there is a lot more development of more advanced features. The first that was released is the asset exchange. The idea of the asset exchange is that you issue an asset and people can actually trade it using bid and ask order. Until there is a match between bid and ask order, and then there is a trade that updates the balances of the buyer and the seller. It works very much like altcoin exchanges in this respect, but it's all done on the blockchain. So in crypto terms, it's called color coins. NXT has a lot of assets already in circulation some of them are very interesting some of them are just nonsense but there are hundreds and hundreds of those and there are people that actually classify these assets and perform due diligence on these assets and there is a complete ecosystem that developed around these assets of nxt you can even see some of them on the coin market cap website these assets
1: they're user-defined, you can set how many there are, whether or not the total amount of released units
3: is locked, that kind of thing? Yes. When you issue an asset, you say, what's the quantity of assets that you release? And, and you start by setting up a sell order, specifying the number of quantity and rates that you're willing to sell. And then if, if you can convince someone to buy... Some kind of trading develops, then you have uh, an asset exchange. Some of the assets have very uh, active trading, actually, in thousands of dollars per day. Everything is recorded on the blockchain. You can also pay dividends using assets, transfer assets between accounts. So, this is NXT's version for uh, color coins. The next major feature that was released is the digital uh, goods store. So this digital goods store allows you to publish your real-world products and give them a price and let users purchase them. It handles the whole process of publishing a a new product, receiving the fonts for it, and and even uh, providing feedback about the seller Again, this is all on the blockchain.
1: The feedback is the good itself. If if I'm selling an MP3 of a song I made, does that
3: MP3 go on the blockchain? Just the intent to buy the mp we Actually, the transaction to buy the font the transfer is on the blockchain. I must admit that I'm not very good at the digital goods store, but it's... The actual binary of the MP3 is, of course, not on the blockchain, but the the whole record of the sale is maintained on the blockchain. And the
1: feedback from the buyer to the seller, the rating system, is on the blockchain.
3: Yes, and what's nice about NXT is that we have a lot of third-party developers that actually build applications on top of the core. What the core provides a server that you run on the node that is used for forging. And for accepting transactions, and a web application uh, that actually implements HTML-based user interface, which is quite nice and usable, but for many purposes it's not rich enough. What users are doing is they develop plugins, add-ons. There, there is an asset plugin for the marketplace that provides better usability for buying kind of digital store. There is a supernet concept that is also developed on top of of NXT. We have instant messages application for mobiles that uses the NXT network or uh, some of its building blocks. So there is a lot of third-party development around the NXT blockchain. So some things are stored on the blockchain and uh, people can build applications that utilize the transaction types. For a new user, it sounds like it's pretty easy if I wanted to open a
1: digital goods store and I'm not a coder, it sounds like these elements are pretty easy just
3: to install and and get going. Let's say NXT can be used by users, but you you should have some technical uh, ability. You should be a person that likes to experiment and play and enjoys tweaking things. And, you know, it's not working directly with, with what the core product provides. Not that simple and user-friendly. I mean, we are doing everything we can to improve that. But I think NXT is mostly appealing to people with some technical uh, knowledge. People that like to play with and experiment and learn new things. I can't think how to explain my mother uh, about NXT. Right, okay, maybe in the future. It's it's something that, it's a developing technology. But try explaining your mother about Bitcoin. It's not easy as well.
0: This episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin is brought to you by CryptoKit.com, the easiest, fastest way to send Bitcoins right from your browser. That's K-R-Y-P-T-O-K-I-T.com if you'd like to learn more. Today's magic word is asset. That's A-S-S-E-T, asset. You've got until the 24th of January to visit Let's Talk Bitcoin.com or the Let's Talk Bitcoin iPhone app. And enter it for your share of the listener rewards. And if you'd like to support the Let's Talk Bitcoin show beyond tipping, you can visit letstalkbitcoin.com and click the sponsor button at the top of the page. Here, you'll see our terms of service. Agree to them, and you'll be taken to the sponsor page. Select Let's Talk Bitcoin from the available options and choose the sponsorship package you want. Package A gives you 45 seconds of time during this part of an upcoming episode, where I'll investigate and talk about your service. It's not an advertisement because sponsors don't have the ability to say, no, don't say that. It's totally unscripted. We can take a maximum of two sponsors per episode this way. Package B is a thank you during the ending credits. So during the part where I normally thank people for the music, content, and editing, we'll be adding in a special thanks to the following sponsors for supporting this episode, and then naming them out loud. This will also be included for free if you get that A package. Through the sponsor page at LetstalkBitcoin.com, we accept Bitcoin, LTB coin, and sponsor tokens. And for the on-air sponsorships I just described, donation amounts range from 25,000 LTB coin and 0.25 Bitcoin to 1.5 Bitcoin and 150,000 LTB. And Let's Talk Bitcoin is just the start of what you can access through the sponsor tool. With available packages from shows like Bitcoins and Gravy and custom voicemail messages from Stephanie Murphy. Thanks for listening and your support in this experiment. We return now to Matthew, Lior, and Alexander in progress.
1: Are there mobile apps already for NXT? If I was just talking to somebody at a bar and I wanted to send them a dollar worth of NXT right now, could they download something and I could send it to them with a QR code?
3: Kind of yes and no. There is a a mobile application for social uh, messaging, but I think it uses its own token. Just send NXT, you'll have to access the HTML user interface. Not exactly sure why we don't have something like this yet. I know a lot of people are talking about doing this, but we are not going to introduce it as part of the core. So it really depends on uh, third-party developers and their their incentive for doing something, which is right now mostly volunteering. So so I, I think this ecosystem will develop. A couple of weeks ago, we released the last uh, big feature. We have the name for it, Monetary System. What is Monetary System? Monetary System is like Colored Coins 2.0, Colored Coins on steroids. It actually has three unique features that does not exist in Colored Coin 2 dates, as far as I can tell. And they sound really uh, strange in the beginning. <laughs> so, First of all, what you issue, like you issue an asset, you issue a currency. So currency is, again, is divisible to units as uh, decimal positions. Currency has properties which can be mixed and matched. So the first interesting feature is that the trading not done using bid and ask orders. But in order to trade, one user acts like a bank or exchange booth and publishes an exchange offer, which means at what rate I'm willing to buy this currency and actually exchange it for NXT, and at what rate I'm willing to exchange it back, which, of course, these rates will be slightly different. So accounts can publish these exchange offers. Then other accounts can see the list of exchange offers and issue an exchange request, which is similar to you come to the airport and trade uh, dollars for euros. Okay, so you know what the rate, you know that you want to buy uh, euros for dollars, and there could be more than one exchange boost. So you see which one gives you the best rate and you exchange there. You can even exchange in more than one place. So it's a different way of exchanging currencies into NXT. So that's the first unique issue. How is that different from the assets? In asset accounts publish bid orders, other accounts uh, publish ask orders. And when there is a match of someone willing to, to sell and buy at the same price, then there is a trade. Here you publish an exchange offer say at what rate I'm willing to buy, and similarly, at what rate I'm willing to sell. Bid order and ask order has life of their own. They are transactions. They can stay in the blockchain for uh, months until they're either fulfilled or canceled. Exchange offers similarly are transactions, but then the exchange request is just an instant action. Either an exchange request matches one offer or more than one offer, or if it doesn't match any exchange offer, it's, it's just not executed. It's a transaction, but it does not stay for later. Okay? It's like you come to the exchange booth in the airport. You like to exchange, you exchange. If not, you don't like the rate, then you don't perform the exchange. I hope I'm not confusing things uh, too much.
1: It sounds to me like a really subtle difference between assets and currencies, if I'm not mistaken. Is it a currency exchange is instantaneous and an asset exchange? Or is it that there's only one market for each asset, but with currency, each individual user can set
3: up their own sort of exchange? From a global perspective, it's the same thing. Just a different uh, mechanism performs the exchange that is more like how in real life we exchange currencies. Asset exchange is more like how we trade stocks. Anyone can set up an NXT node and, and experiment with it. It's a different concept that we are trying with a monetary system. Can you give an example maybe of an asset that exists on
1: NXT, like a use case where you've had this asset exchange for a long time, but there's something you can't do that now the currency exchange is enabling users to do they couldn't do
3: before? Functionality-wise, these mechanisms are equivalent. There is no difference in this respect between currency and asset. Just a different implementation of trading that, as far as I can tell, is unique in the cryptocurrency scene. So it's, uh, you know, time will tell how many will adapt it. And this
1: is a new feature. So did you guys have to hard fork to implement it? Yes. And how did that
3: go? NXT, you know, we are at a stage that a hard fork is not that a big deal. We publish that, we release the version, publish a note on the forum that in two weeks at block, this time it was at block 330,000. Is there anyone that will not upgrade to version 1.4 will be on a fork? People have two weeks to upgrade. It's really, really simple to upgrade an NXT node. In many cases, you can do it in less than a minute. In some other cases, if we do a lot of database manipulation, it takes time and a little bit (laughs) frustration, but it's really not that big of an issue like it is with Bitcoin today.
1: Have you experienced any unintentional hard forks like the Bitcoin level DB bug or... uh 180 million suddenly generated bitcoins from a couple of years ago?
2: Not a kind of letter issue, but we have one hot uh, fork because of error in transaction processing.
3: We had our issues, yeah. No, it's something that I think it never took more than six hours or something like this. I, I remember one case which I participated already that took about six hours to fix.
2: Yeah, and that's the only. Uh... One occasional
1: hard fork, I can remember. Must have been a sweaty, stressful six hours for you guys.
3: (laughs) Yeah, very stressful. So we talked about how it's exchanged. Another feature is that we can use the monetary system for crowdfunding in a much more structured way than we can use the asset exchange. The idea is that you publish a new currency. And you said that this currency is going to become active at block X to fund more than, let's say, 100,000 NXT. If not, the issuance is canceled. So now, after I publish this currency, of course, I need to promote it somehow. Then users are starting to allocate funds for this currency. If enough funds are allocated according to the contract... Then when the currency is issued, the currency units are distributed proportionally between the, what we call the founders of the currency. So it's kind of on-chain crowdfunding, something that I never saw in a cryptocurrency, other uh, protocols. There is also a twist between two types of crowdfunding. One is what we call a store of value. What happens is that... After the crowdfunding, users get their currency units and they can always claim them and exchange them back into NXT at a known rate. So, this means that if you ask to crowdfund 100,000, you were able to draft 150. Now, your currency has a floor value of 150,000 NXT. Each of the founders can always claim back their stake back to NXT. So, Of course, you need to build something on this currency that its value can drop to zero like happens so frequently in the crypto world. So that's one twist. The other twist is that you can say, I'm going to draft this amount of NXT. When the currency is issued, these NXT are going to my account. This is more classical crowdfunding. But again, it's, it's structured into the blockchain. If the uh, amount that you wanted to raise not allocated, then everybody gets back their funds. kind of Kickstarter-style crowdfunding. on the blockchain. This is something that
1: is part of the, the latest hard fork. It's part of the new feature set. or
3: This is in the M14 in the version. It's, it was just released uh, two weeks ago, once a crowd-funded
1: currency unit is successfully funded and generated then is there an open market on that currency unit could it potentially drop below the floor
3: yes and and you can also choose when you issue the currency you can choose what will be the properties of the currency and this way control how it will behave kind of a smart contract but it's you know not with unlimited flexibility like some people are trying to do it's kind of smart contract with some limitations imposed by the protocol,
1: And could you use the new currency unit in one of your blockchain-based asset stores to, to exchange for a real-world item? If I was making a, a physical product and wanted to do a Kickstarter-style crowdfund on the Next platform, this whole thing could work just like Kickstarter in the real world with a physical product, but actually entirely on the blockchain?
3: And you raise uh, Next, uh, not uh, dollars. But other than that, it's a very similar uh, process. Okay. So when you create a, a digital
1: asset store, like you were describing earlier, that the prices that has to be in Next, you can't specify one of the derivative currencies or assets as the only acceptable token
3: for your product? Right now, assets are only traded in Next and currencies can only be exchanged to Next because there is really no markets for Assets in currencies, the, the whole currency concept was just released two weeks ago, but the building blocks are there. If we see that there is a need to trade assets using currencies, that there is nothing inherent that prevents this, but it's not in the protocol at the moment.
1: Maybe I misspoke, Like not the digital asset exchange, but we were saying I could sell a, an MP3, like a digital goods, sorry, I meant like
3: digital goods. Ah, digital, no, just in NXT at the moment. You, you cannot sell for currency. It's an open question where, whether we'll support this or not. The future, but currently the digital goods store only works in NXT. Now, the third feature of the monetary system, which I think you'll find the most weird <laughs> And most interesting is that you can actually mine currencies that you issue on the NXT protocol. You can actually mine them, what we call minting, okay? So what you can do, think about an altcoin. Think about all these poor guys that release altcoins for their country, for their tribe, for the city, for whatever allow on the monetary system. You can issue a currency, a token. You can define the pre-mine, okay, 1% for developers. Then you can do a crowdfunding, raise 20% for the community. And the rest, the remaining 80%, you can actually tell users that they can mine it using proof of work algorithms. We actually provide, uh, we support SHA-256 and script mining, and SHA-3 and also one, another algorithm. (laughs) So it's really fascinating because this crazy feature is, to start is what picked up the fastest. On the first day or or two that we issued the monetary system, users issued currencies and started to mine them. And I can see on the form, look, I I never been able to mine anything (laughs) until today. It's my CPU (laughs) because You can CPU mine, there is no no ASIC, (laughs) and there is no GPU. And I thought, well, GPU, it will take months, but probably someone will come up with a GPU solution. It took 96 hours, (laughs) and someone came up with a GPU mining for the monetary system. People are having a lot of fun with this feature. I'm not sure if they are making money, but they are definitely having a lot of fun. That is really wild.
1: So in a currency, in this sort of mode, is secured by the security of the next forging algorithm and is further secured? Or would
3: you say it's more like it's being generated? Yes. Mining, we, we actually minting. Minting is only for the purpose of generating new, new units for securing the protocol right cuz the security is already being offered by the next forgers but think about what it means it means that now when you want to issue a new cryptocurrency you don't need to set up a network with 200 nodes you don't need to fork the bitcoin source code and change all the icons you, you go to nxt you can issue a new currency in less than a dollar <laughs> and and you have pre mine crowdfunding and mining Provided to you by the monitoring system. So I think that it's very appealing, not only for new cryptocurrency, but all these dying or dead cryptocurrencies that has good ideas, but no manpower to maintain the the protocol. Definitely a valid use case for them to migrate to this uh, system. That's really interesting. It sounds sort of similar
1: to the sidechains innovation that's happening uh, in the Bitcoin space.
3: It's kind of, but it's not sidechains because it's all on the same blockchain. There is no two-way pegging and all this complexity, just transaction types on the NXT protocol. Of course, you can develop on top of this and bundle it any way you like to your users, like... You can have a currency for your class in school and a currency for the employees in your company, a currency for residents of your village. There are endless possibilities here, and it's all relatively simple. The issuance of a new currency is a little bit confusing, but once you issue it correctly, the rest is not difficult at all.
1: And all these messages that go over the next blockchain, is there a standard fee? Is it a a fee per kilobyte or a flat fee?
3: Right now, we have a flat fee of one NXT per transaction. There are endless debates about what to do with it because for some purposes, users are saying that's too high. But forgers are saying that's too low. Why should I keep a node if I don't make money? So there is a conflict. So going forward, maybe Alex will tell you about the voting system. And after we have a voting system, then uh, the idea is that people will vote about what would be the, the fee, the network fee. And it will probably be constant fee plus fee per byte. So that if you send more bytes, you'll pay more fees.
1: And can users change the fee? Will it end up being sort of a free market situation? I think I think Gavin Andreessen in the Bitcoin space is trying to figure out a way to make the fee sort of a, you know floating so users and miners can sort of find the right
3: sweet spot. In NXT, the, the fees are controlled by the protocol. Forgers does not have any impact on the fee. Only the protocol decides. It's part of the consensus algorithm. Orders just cannot just decide what would be the fee. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure uh, how it works now in Bitcoin, but the fee in NXT is determined by the protocol. And there are specific transactions that cost more, like issuing an asset and issuing a currency. Maybe we have a few other uh, variations on this.
1: Okay. So you mentioned a voting system. How does that work?
2: We are going to another Hard Fork 1.5 and there are two features in 1.5. Voting system is voting with your NXT balance or your assets or currencies in monetary system. So you can make a poll. For example, you issue an asset, right? and you want to know your shareholders opinion. So you make a poll, then people can vote. So with a voting system it will be possible to make a distributed shareholders meetings within just few clicks. There are a lot of other possibilities like to decide whether to make fees lower or higher or remaining the same. Also, it's possible to vote with tokens of monetary systems, so you can make crowdfunding and then again ask about business decisions to give you their opinion, right? We have no voting in Kickstarter or other crowdfunding platforms, because it's not, it's not easy. But uh, on top of blockchain, it's, it will be easy with voting system.
1: And I imagine the power of your vote is dependent on your
2: stake in the asset. Yeah, you can make it depends on your stake. In case of dependence, you can set minimum. So you can uh, give equal rights to all voters, but they need uh, to own 50 shares at least.
1: Okay. And then when the poll is completed, is it like a smart contract where something automatically happens or is it basically just a referendum for everyone who's following the poll on the blockchain?
2: No contracts at the moment. We are starting with just polls and results. Contracts will be later. Another feature I'm working on is uh, two-phase transactions. Two-phase transactions is transactions you are creating in pending state and uh, then voting is taking place on the transaction. It's kind of uh, multi sig transactions in Bitcoin, but you can vote on transaction with uh, not just uh, account list right having a right to vote you can vote with assets with some quorum to be gathered to release a transaction or you can again vote with monetary system tokens so it's like the voting
1: system combined with what bitcoin calls multi-sig you can have 100 owners of an asset vote on whether or not a transaction will take place
2: yeah that's kind of combined technology so you can just provide a list of accounts to vote, yeah, and that's exactly like Bitcoin multisig. And also, it's possible to vote on transaction with assets and tokens. So it will be possible, uh, for example, to make a community decision on uh, whether to spend another million or not on, for example, marketing. Shareholders can decide whether to spend money or not on some purpose. I think with all uh, those uh, instruments, exchange, messaging, warning system and two-phase transactions, we can really build a kind of new economy experiment. It sounds incredibly flexible. I'm really impressed. Are
1: there any other features uh, we haven't talked about yet?
2: Human imagination—it's possible to use combinations of those instruments in uh, very interesting ways. For example, a company can uh, issue assets to raise funds, and uh, then, for example, publish their press releases into the blockchain with messages. Then, for example, make shareholders meeting or our blockchain, and so on, so on, so on. And for example, a company can make a pending transaction to charity hub and then shareholders can vote whether they want to spend company money on charity or not. We can build very flexible such tools. That's great. So what are
1: people doing right now with Next or what's been going on the past year? Is anybody using these assets to raise money for a company or are are people using the digital asset exchange? What kind of marketplace is happening in this community?
3: I would say everything and a lot of it. We have, If you just go and look at the asset exchange, there are hundreds of assets. Some of them, about half of them are complete scams. Sounds like cryptocurrency to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> another uh, 30% are people that has good intentions but no ability to execute, and, and maybe 10-20% are real uh, interesting initiatives.
2: I am pretty impressive with uh, some assets like Bon Giorno Coffee in South Africa, and maybe Coinomat is also a good business for me. And the uh, multi gateway, it's kind of almost a decentralized exchange.
1: Has anybody bought a pizza with NXT yet?
3: <laughs>
2: no.
1: <laughs> that, that's the first major threshold. Once you guys have your pizza transaction,
3: then it's real. Yeah. R- right now, you only buy bitcoins. <laughs> we have is on the website. There is a technology tree and. There is, unlike other cryptocurrencies, that some of them are very innovative, but they are centered around one feature. With Next, there is a roadmap. Many other features, coin shuffling and credit system and judgment system and rights management and 10 others that I don't remember at the moment. Some of them are only vague ideas. Some of them are already have some kind of specifications, but there is definitely a roadmap a couple of years ahead or features that we are planning to implement.
1: So what is the thing about Next that makes it so easy to add all these crazy new things in Bitcoin That's pretty much just can't happen? A lot of stuff is locked down. Is it do attributed to your youth or was the protocol originally built to handle flexible different types of transactions as far as the eye can see? Its
2: simplicity helps us a lot. Also, I think Java language is also a boon to make uh, flexible and complex software
3: i also like to mention our uh, lead developer Luke, which he didn't want to participate in interview but i think we all know that he is really the integrator and guy who makes sure that everything is actually fits together and trains new developers handles all the release process i don't think we're where we are now without him And so I I think that the bottom line, if you set technology aside, the people that behind the protocol that are next are very dedicated. How big is the development team? We
2: have three or four constantly working core Java developers and about three or four UI guys and also some people around setting pull requests. I don't know, maybe about 15... uh,
3: Persons in total can offer something. We have an excellent community supporting us. I'll I'll give you an example about the monetary system. I decided to do something that is very unique in cryptocurrency. I wrote documentation. (laughs) Okay, so it's actually I wrote documentation, but I'm not a technical writer. Okay, so first thing I know, someone took my documentation. Took the user interface and created a wonderful wiki page that explains new user, how the system works, and it's all very high quality. So people are helping with testing, are helping with suggestions. Any of the decisions, the design decisions, get to them after discussions on the product forums. Get a lot of feedback from the community, and we try to follow up on it. I think it's it's ver- working very well in this uh, respect. Is the lead developer BC next? BC next disappeared like Satoshi. <laughs> His replacement, I'm from behind. He's still around, but Jean-Luc joined a bit later, and he's the one that you know. He's the brain be- behind all this creation. The team
2: has uh, been changing a lot uh, during one year and a half. We are still working right so nxt is not like uh, some projects backed by american companies by just one individual team is changing but we are continuing to deliver and another awesome thing for developers is we are isolating from a marketing team i mean we are not led by guys so we are completely free to implement something, and then marketing team is just promoting our work.
1: If people want to get started in Nxt, where do they get the wallet? Where do they get the currency? Is it on Cryptsy? How do people get started
2: nxt
3: nxt is uh, it has exchanges. You can download the client again, as i as I said, it's a little bit technical, for example, installation is still delivered as a zip file at the moment. We are working on an installer, but we still don't have an official installer for all the platforms. You have to be a, a bit technical. There is still some barrier of entry to NXT, and we are doing our best to lower the barrier of entry. But again, it's definitely not for my mother at the moment. You should... Know at least how to unzip a zip file <laughs> and, and, and follow and, and open a command line and, and type uh, and, and run a batch file or a shell script. Not as simple as it should be at the moment. And unlike some other currencies, the, the protocol is open source. It's open source in the sense that whenever we release a new dot release, we uh, release the code together with it. For example, 1.4 is already open source, but now we're working on 1.5. 1.5, the source will be released only when 1.5 is going to production. Because what happens otherwise is that you work open source and suddenly someone steals your code and issue another currency, which is more advanced than your code, (laughs) than your currency. So we only release source code when we release a major uh, version. So the development
1: team, it's closed until you have actually settled on a release amongst
3: yourselves? I guess it's closed, but if you really want to help and contribute, it shouldn't be too difficult for you to join the development team. We're always on the lookup for talents and dedicated people. I think we have our source control database has at least 20 people with access. Some of them are not developing per se. We have a project manager. Has anybody
1: forked next yet? Is there an alt next? Oh, many.
2: (laughs) We have a lot of forks already. Maybe like 30 or 40 even. And there are some interesting forks, you know, like Burst Project, uh, maybe Quora, so I don't know whether it's fork or not. I investigated
3: source code, and uh, it was fork in early days, but now not few months ago there was a story about text were some accusations that we add all kind of code into the release that is not in the source control that it's controlled by the Russian mob, <laughs> kind of nonsense. And after that, we made sure that uh, you know, the build process is completely 100% uh, reproducible from the source code and you can actually build next from the source code, make sure that everything is genuine and open source. We are doing our best to maintain uh, transparency in this uh, respect.
2: I think it's not hard to get into our closed source repository. I know some guys building applications around having access, so if you want to build something around NXT using features to
3: come like voting system and two-phase transactions, you are welcome. If someone wants to learn more go go to nxt.org and start from there in the nxt forums that's the best place to you know to hang out chat with people and start to know the system
2: it would be awesome to see more applications around nxt so if you are application developer think about nxt it's simpler than bitcoin and I think it's uh, pretty funny to spend a uh, weekend to play with features NST has and uh, build a product and present it
0: to the community. Thanks for listening to episode 180 of Let's Talk Bitcoin. Content for today's episode was provided by Matthew, Lior, and Alexander. Music for today's show was provided by Jared Rubens and General Fuzz. This episode was edited by Matthew Zipkin and Adam B. Levine. See you next time.